0: Hey Jesse, this is Nikki. Um, I just wanted to deeply and sincerely apologise for not boosting your fragile little ego while addressing both of you on Facebook. I am so, so, so sorry. But who can actually blame me? Because I never listened to a date with Dolomore
1: Everybody, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us. Episode 469 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. And I am your host, as I always am, Jesse Dollamore. And I am joined today, as I always am, by the other host of the program, the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, the odd ad fed, Brittany Page.
2: Yes, <laughs> you can say that again. Do- <laughs>
1: I told you I would get you there.
2: You can say that again. <laughs> These ads that I keep seeing.
1: You often, We often have conversations about the type of ads that are served to us. And we the conversations usually are, why am I being served this ad?
3: Mm-hmm. Am
1: I the demographic for this? Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be like if you're 15 years old and you're being served ads for adult diapers...
2: Mm-hmm. or
1: hemorrhoid cream.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't match is what you're saying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what is the ad right now mm-hmm. that has given you pause?
2: Okay. Um it 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 isn't an ad, but it is a an article that keeps popping up. So it's kind of like an ad because I keep seeing it. It's like they're targeting me with this article.
1: I just and I just completely fucked that
2: up. It's okay. <laughs> Um, but it is about, you know, slime, slime became popular again this year. Is it
1: like those, those Instagram videos that are supposed to like make you feel good when you watch it or.
2: Yeah. It's the slime that people play with and it makes farting noises and everyone loves it.
1: Like Jimmy Kimmel's done little. Bits where he goes and makes it with kids and stuff, right? Yeah, because okay. it's really
2: popular right now. And there's like
1: glittery kinds, and yeah,
2: kids make a lot of money making slime on Instagram and YouTube. Huh? It's like a whole job that you can have. It's a new occupation.
1: It's a new world, everybody. Yes.
2: <laughs> but Jello, you know Jello. Uh,
1: I do know Jello. They've yes. decided
2: to take it a step further. Oh And no. they've created edible slime. Okay, now slime, let's keep talking about that for a second, is something that you play with with your hands. You pull it apart, you poke it, you put your grimy little fingers all over yeah, it. Yeah,
1: part of the quote unquote fun mm-hmm. of the slime yeah. is really getting in there with your dick beaters uh-huh. and playing with it.
2: Exactly. And so Jello was like, well, what's missing from this equation? A snack. <laughs> Snacking on the slime. So now they have edible slime and they say you can play with it that it stretches and it snaps and it's firm but it can also drip like a liquid right wow but wow. not only that once you're done playing with it you can eat it that is disgusting please stop right now it is flu season <laughs> we do not need this it is flu season this everybody this is not something we want to encourage please stop
1: don't the people, the good folks over at Jell-O, J-E-L-L-O, wow. don't they know <laughs> that it's flu season? Apparently not. This episode of I Doubt It with Dollar Moore is brought to you by Jell-O. We will give you a disease.
2: <laughs> yes, you can get the monster slime, which oh. is lime flavored, or mm. you can get the unicorn slime, which is strawberry flavored. Mm. Covered in hand.
1: <laughs> Covered in dirty, dirty hand.
2: Lime with a side of hand.
1: Because it's not only the fact that you're that you're you're monkeying around with it with your your hand. It's also the surface on which it's being pressed into. Yeah. Like there's all kinds of sanitary concerns. Mm-hmm. Also, this product is marketed toward children.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: And uh, kids are notoriously. Filthy animals.
2: Well, I love this last line of the articles that says it's part of a line of interactive snack products from Jell-O. Come
1: on, man. You know what? The only
2: interactive <laughs> snack
1: product that I can think of that is halfway legitimate mm-hmm. is string cheese.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You pull it apart.
1: Yeah, that, but that's the only interactivity that's necessary.
2: Yeah. C- mm-hmm. Come on. Well, this is really aggressive. I hope it's not a trend. <laughs> it's really
1: aggressive.
2: Yeah, I hope it stops now.
1: So speaking of aggressive, Brittany Page, mm-hmm. so glad you used that word there. Yeah. Uh, there's a song. Mm-hmm. It's called Baby It's Cold Outside.
2: Oh, you mean the Christmas date rape song?
1: <laughs> yes, the Christmas date rape song. That's
2: what it's referred to as on Urban Dictionary. Well,
1: apparently, it's been banned in some radio station. In Cleveland. Oh, it is. I thought it was overseas, but... Right here. Yeah, Cleveland. In the the very high
2: standards in Cleveland. The
1: good old US of A. Mm -hmm. And so, what we want to do here, because it is kind of a listened to under a. Well, I was thinking, I was going to think of it. Oftentimes, when you have to pause to think about what I'm going to (laughs) say, you don't have to give me the crook eye. I didn't. When there's too long a pause between one sentence and
2: the next. Listen, I just expect you to be quick and on your feet. And when you're not, you have failed. That's it. That's it. It's very simple. <laughs> so what was it that you were taking a bunch of time to come up with?
1: What was the topic we were talking about? I don't even remember anymore. <laughs>
2: the Christmas date rape song. The date rape song. Cleveland. Yeah. So
1: so it seems to me that we would need to kind of explain what what's going on in the song. Mm-hmm. And in these times, these Me Too times, mm-hmm. but it's not even Me Too times. If you, any time, all right. All right, no, no, listen, listen, I'm going to say this. I'm a guy who doesn't really listen to lyrics like you do.
2: Oh, yeah, I hear all the lyrics.
1: I'm more of a tune guy Uh than a lyrics guy. Mm -hmm. So I've listened to this song, and it's been, like, it's in this movie Elf, Uh where she's in the shower, and he's sitting, like, in in the shower not with her but like in the bathroom where there's a shower I think that's the scene mm-hmm. and they're singing it it's oh what a quaint deal but when you listen to the lyrics yeah it, i don't want to use the word problematic because it's too often used <laughs> It's
2: fucking problematic. Well, so, yeah, it's been banned by this station. Um, apparently, the station is Cleveland's Christmas Station. That's what they call themselves. Star 102, wow. WDOK-FM.
1: WDOK-FM. Yeah. The Christmas station, rocking your world. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, And they are not going to play it. They are banning it. Uh, the song was written in 1944. Yeah. And the people on the radio station feel that the song promotes something that they don't want to promote.
1: Or yeah, maybe it's like disrespectful of consent.
2: Yeah, and <laughs> with the new me too era, they feel as though maybe everyone can go this christmas without hearing the song.
1: Yeah, well, here's the deal. <laughs> it, it it is a good song. When you not I, no, when I say song, I mean the music of it. Cuz the lyrics are obviously part of the song, but that's not what I'm referring to. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. It's a pleasant to listen to um, accompany the 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 music. I'm getting myself in trouble here. The lyrics really are a fucking problem, man. And when you watch it now, the the version I'm going to play here, and we're going to kind of talk about, is that we'll start and stop. Is from a movie with Ricardo Montalban and some other people. You know, Fantasy Island guy. And uh, I know
2: exactly. It's called
1: Neptune's yes. Daughter.
2: Hmm.
1: Anyway, let we'll just play it and we'll stop and start. At the troublesome moments All right, I'm going to say this before we start The scene is A couple in an apartment And they're drinking drinks or whatever And uh She's getting ready to leave Mm -hmm. And apparently What needed to happen for him Didn't happen If you know what I mean Wink wink (coughs) sex And uh He's trying to convince her to stay While plying her with alcohol
2: You
4: know, on second thought... Yes? I really can't stay. But baby,
1: it's cold outside.
4: I've got to go away. But baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been hoping that you drop so in. So very nice. I'll hold your hands. They're just like ice. My mother will start to worry. Beautiful, what's your my hurry? My father will be pacing the floor. Listen to the fireplace so roar. So really, I'd better skirt. Beautiful, please don't well, hurry. Well, maybe just a half a drink more. Put some records on while I fall. The neighbors might But maybe it's bad
1: out there say what's in this drink has to be had all right let's let's stop right there with hey what's in this drink yikes yeah yikes Mm -hmm. hey what's in this drink (laughs) i'm getting dizzy what's happening
2: well it's all about how you say it i mean since she sounds so jovial it's not a problem
1: maybe that's maybe that's part of the deal (laughs) is that she sounds huh
2: What's in the drink? Yeah, <laughs> it's almost
1: like a, it, we're truly inquiring about yeah. the ingredients.
2: Yeah, but, but that's that, because it has to match the song. Yeah, but that's not what's happening. Exactly. Yeah,
1: he's. I mean, he is like taking off her hat and like hiding it behind his back.
2: Yeah, he's it's, he's it's, stealing her belongings. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's it's a uh, band band. I don't know because it is kind of a classic, but. Really, that's even going to get me in trouble. But seriously, there's some problem problem elements to this thing.
4: Out there, I wish I knew how. Your eyes are
1: like stars to right break now.
4: This spell. I'll take your hat. Your hair looks swell. I ought to
2: say no, no, no. Mind sir. if I
4: move in closer? At least I'm going
2: to say that I try. What's the sense
4: of hurting my pride? I-
2: so she said, no, 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 like four times. And then he says, mind if I move in closer, right. what's the sense in hurting my pride? No, and she <laughs> said,
1: um, um, oh, maybe I I can act like I tried or something was the lyric. Like, mm. at least I can act like I tried to, to 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 say no. So they're kind of like, it's a balance between what the social norms were at the time. Huh. You have to act like a good laid. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But still, she's saying no. She's saying the words. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. And instead, he's like, well, I'm going to move in a little closer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No's don't really mean no, Brittany. They mean keep trying. Yeah. Apparently. To Ricardo Montalban.
4: Really can't oh, baby, stay. don't hold out, baby. Oh, it's, it's cold, cold outside. outside. Go.
2: Baby, it's cold outside. The answer is baby, no baby it's cold
1: outside. The answer is no. The answer is no. <laughs> so I guess that's the end of the song. He's like she's like, the answer is no. Okay, you refuse consent. Done. End of song.
2: That's not how it goes.
1: <laughs> that is not that's not how
4: it Welcome goes. Welcome Lucky
2: that
1: you dropped
4: so in. Nice and warm. Look out the window at that storm. My sister will be
0: suspended. Gosh, your
4: lips look delicious. My brother will be there at the door. Waves up on a tropical shore. My maiden mind is
1: vicious. Gosh, your lips are delicious. Do you also notice this? That
4: it's she's starting
2: to get worse, by the way. She's <laughs> listing all of
1: the family members. Like, my mother will be worried. My father will be pacing the floor. My brother will be waiting at the door. This is like a hostage situation. <laughs> it's it's like, well, no, you can't kidnap me. I have family. The, the police are on their way. My yeah. my, my boyfriend's <laughs> gonna be here any minute. Yeah, like, and that's gonna be like, oh shit. Well, someone's gonna be here to witness the crime. I gotta go.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's this.
1: It's really what's happening here.
2: Yeah, and then all he's talking about is how delicious her lips look. <laughs> and he
1: also, th- you don't see it because it's only audio here. But in the movie, that the the thing you heard was the curtains closing.
2: Mm, so he's, he's trying like, to cover the crime. Down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly
1: what's happening.
2: Things are really escalating.
1: <laughs> oh. I'm actually
2: scared to get to the end of the song. By the
1: way, this is what Donald Trump wants to go back to. Right. This is the America. Mm-hmm. 1950, yeah, that Donald Trump wants to go back to.
4: Or well, Maybe just a cigarette more. Never
1: such a pleaser before. I
4: got together, Maybe You'd
1: freeze out there.
4: Say, lend me a cup. It's up to your knees out there. You've really been thrilled when you touch my hand. Don't you see? How can you do this
1: thing to me? To be- That's another one. Mm-hmm. How can you do this to me?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You won't fuck me. How can you do this to me? It's like the ultimate guilt trip. Like really putting the pressure on. Yeah. Seriously.
2: But it sounds so nice in the song. <laughs> 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 when you put your tone on it like that, yeah. it sounds really aggressive.
1: Hey, what's in this drink? I want to fuck you <laughs> right now.
2: Mm. Is that better? No. <laughs> <laughs> talk to Think
1: of my life sorrow.
4: At least there will be plenty plot. If you got pneumonia and die, really can't get stay. over that old doubt. Oh,
2: cold,
1: cold outside. How romantic!
2: So people are both supporting and not supporting the decision of the station in Cleveland to. Not play the song during Christmas time. Yeah. Um, someone wrote on their Facebook page, quote, I will not be listening to the station anymore myself if they give in to sensitive people. The song has been out there for a long time and now it offends people. Come on. This is getting out of hand with all the people that are offended by stuff. End quote.
1: It's a song about coercing. At the very least, it's a song about coercing someone to have sexual relations against their will. Listen, I... It, uh, uh, change your mind. Ch- I know you're saying no, but come on, please, please, please not take a no for an answer.
2: I just... I don't understand, like, this person leaving this comment. Go listen to it on YouTube. If you you desperately need to hear this song during Christmas time, because it's, like, a very important part of your holiday experience, then you can create that experience for yourself. You don't need to listen to the radio station. You if know what you're I mean? such
1: a fan of rape songs... Or songs of coercion, at the very least.
2: Well, the interesting thing about this is, how many other songs are out there that are problematic? There's a lot. Of course! There's a lot of songs that I listen to. In fact, I was listening to a song a couple months ago, and I'm not going to name the artist or the song, but I have listened to this song hundreds of times, And I don't know why on this particular day I suddenly... Was it Our
1: God is an Awesome God by... No, it was not. Matthew Green or whatever his guy's name was. Of course,
2: I was not listening to that song. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No. And I started actually listening to the lyrics. Like I actually heard them, I Mm. guess. And the song was about like being with an underage girl, I think. Oh, That's what I'm pretty it's, sure it's, what it's this song Michael is about. that
1: Michael W. Smith song.
2: No. What I'm, are you...
1: It's another Christian artist. I'm just making a okay, joke.
2: Okay. Yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. So, yeah, it was it was about that, I'm pretty sure. And I was so confused once I started listening to the song because this is like a popular artist-ish, kind of. His career isn't that popular right now. Um <laughs> But it was so strange to actually, like, listen to the lyrics and I wonder what it was based on. I wonder, like, what the hell's going on? Is it, like, written in a way that just is supposed to make you think that, but that's not really what it's about? I don't know. But there's a lot of songs out there that talk about problematic things, that are disrespectful of women, that, you know, whatever. Um, that aren't just on that incel SoundCloud account. So, <laughs> right, like, no mainstream music. And so maybe people are saying, "Oh, if you're going to ban this, aren't you going to ban all these other things?" And I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know what happens next.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's it's it's. Couldn't as, tell you. It is it is according to quote unquote like community values and how things are, and if this if this station in Cleveland made this particular decision to say, "Nah, we're not going to play that. That's a little greasy." Hmm. Eh. I'm sure there's other stations that are gonna play it. We just wanted to talk about it because it's uh it's clearly there's an issue with the song. Now I looked into the history of the song. The people who wrote the song, it's written by a guy named Frank Lesnar in 1944, and it was it was written to be a duet with his wife, and uh so like they would play it at parties, which was kind of the 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 signal for everybody to get the fuck out of there. And it was like a duet between him and his wife, so so I don't know if that changes anything. That you know, it was kind of a duet between him and his wife and being playful or whatever. But still, it's not good to what's in this drink, you know, to your wife.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, I also just don't. Everyone freaking out about it. It just doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal i don't know it's not yeah it's not for sure it's not
1: that big a deal it's
2: not banned from earth we're not like removing it from youtube and removing it it's you can go find it it's just that this station isn't going to play it so you don't need to act like your your life is ruined because of that i
1: i got this song from from the youtube's britney page exactly as often and there were a lot of comments as you can imagine of that kind of a tim- you know, that kind of a tone. Yeah, which is, oh my God, is this the song that's banned? Mm-hmm. <laughs> One station bans it, and all of a sudden, it's the banned song.
2: Well, and Fox News has been talking about this. They talked, oh, they-, they talked about it on Tucker Carlson show. What happened there? I don't know. And <laughs> on, on Martha McCallum's show, on Laura Ingram show, so they were talking about this on every single show that is on yeah, it the fits, Fox channel. It fits
1: the narrative of all oh, PC culture and boo. It
2: doesn't really warrant that much analysis, though. I I don't think so. Well, we talked so. about
1: we talked about it for fifteen minutes.
2: Too long. Too long. <laughs> we also did something wrong.
1: We would love to know what you think. Of course, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email your voice memos to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We really would kind of like to know what your what your take on it is. It is kind of creepy, but it's also, you know, a classic song. <laughs> I'm really walking into a bandsaw right now. Well, I
2: just, I? who cares? Who cares if it's a classic song? I The only thing that confuses me is all the other songs that are offensive that aren't being banned you know how they're just kind of singling this again, one out again not banned this one station is not yeah. playing it yeah 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 if they're only a christmas station okay that they i get well, well, i get well, why they aren't banning other songs
1: that's another thing this is not a christmas song but because they talk about it's cold outside and there's a blizzard outside that's why it gets kind of labeled as a Christmas song, but there's no reference to to Christmas. There's no reference to 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 the Jesus or the 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 wise men or the Santa or the elves or the the the, the mutant reindeer with the radioactive nose. None of that.
2: The Jesus.
1: The Jesus. The Santa. The Santa. All right. All right. <laughs> Shall we get to a voice voicemail? I would love that. All right. Last time on the show we talked about a mother who named her child ABCDE and an airline, the Southwest, that apparently has an employee that was being a dick about it. I took issue with both, and this is a call about that.
5: Hey guys, it's uh John from Columbus. Um hold on. there you go. Sorry, dropped the earbud there. Uh, but listen to episode 468, and uh, Jesse, you're absolutely right. Parents, there should be a name, like, not specialist, but like somebody who's, who's verifying names from parents when a child is born, because some of these names are ridiculous. You know, Absidia or however you say it, is one of them. Uh, the big the big one that I remember from a couple of years back, uh la an actual physical dash and then uh pronounced la dash you know it's like some of these people it's like okay I understand you want your child to have a unique name I understand that you know it's, it's your child and you know I have no say in the matter but you are setting that kid up to fail um Yeah, I was I was bullied growing up and you know, no no pity party, no no sad piano music. But kids will find anything and everything to poke at. Why give why why give a freebie like that? Like a name that's just spelled weird that you know, A B C D E. You know, kids are gonna look at it and go, F G, H I J You know like It's gonna become thing, And you're setting these kids up to fail and it's just not fair to the kid because the kid did nothing. (laughs) The kid can't change anything. Um, And on another note, I still think that uh, going after Donald Trump's kids is the way to get Donald Trump to resign. It's the way to get him so that we can indict him, go after him, search him, uh, go for the kids first. And the Cohen thing, frickin' junior, is perfect right now, perfect for the taking, perfect for the taking. But, you know, kids, it's all about kids this week, Donald Trump kids and kids with names that they shouldn't have. Uh, as always, guys, thanks for the show. Uh, thanks for doing what you do. Thanks for moving the conversation forward. Here for you, on the next episode. Later. I agree
1: about the Donald Trump's kids things. Although, let me say this. I I got the vibe that John was kind of saying that Donald Trump would resign or he's going to take the bullet for his kids. And I don't fucking see that happening at all. I don't know that Donald Trump has it in him to take one for the team, take one for the family.
2: What about Ivanka? I don't know. I don't know. Would she have to give something to him first? (laughs) They'd have to enter into negotiations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not insinuating anything. I'm talking about a genuine negotiation.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yes. About just About maybe the,
1: the, the one thing that they have in common uh,
2: that yeah. he,
1: he said. Golf. Mm-hmm. On the Wendy Williams show. Exactly. Golf. I think it was fucking is what it was.
2: I believe it was also golf.
1: He said it was going to say golf.
2: Well, he did say golf if he said he was going to say golf. It actually, he did say it. Wow. Yeah.
1: How's it feel to get me on a
2: technicality? I think I'm getting him on a technicality, not uh, you. Yeah, no, it's You're just also right falling into the trap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 as far as the uh, the kids' names things goes, I think we we pretty much covered that. It's you know, it's uh, you might be setting your kid up for a little harder situation. You know, getting through to adulthood, and then even adulthood, it's it causes. Shit like this to happen, and not even shit like this, where you're going to have to constantly be repeating yourself. Constantly, it's like when someone spells their name. That's a normal, typical name, like Michelle, let's say. And then if you spell it all goofy, like with Y's and stuff, it just—it's going to cause your kid as an adult to to constantly have to be correcting people. Constantly have to be people have people spell their name correct incorrectly. It just. It's a lot of hassle that doesn't need to be there. And if that's okay, because you're a resilient bunch, then right on. Do your thing.
2: Well, I I just wish that people could name themselves because that would be nice. I would have liked to have named myself. uh,
1: What was that Adam Sandler movie where he named himself like Frankenstein or Spider-Man or something? Yeah,
2: Frankenstein. Yeah, because I would have loved to have named myself. It's a bummer that my name is Brittany.
1: What would you have named yourself? Blake. Blake, huh? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Huh. I knew a kid named Blake. Mm-hmm. He was cool. <laughs> he was actually kind of a dick.
2: Oh. Well.
1: I think it's the only Blake I've ever known.
2: Who else is named Blake? Blake Lively.
1: Oh, Blake Lively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I didn't think of that.
2: Yeah. But my parents uh, almost named me Blake, actually. Really? Yeah. I
1: was almost Levi. Real Jesus family.
2: Interesting. Real
1: family into the Jesus.
2: It's interesting to think about what other names that you could have had. You know? Yeah. Like what your like, parents wh- were deciding What other names on. were on the table? Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, And I hope, you know, there's many other Britneys out there, and I'm not trying to offend them. It's just, it's such a common name.
1: Yeah, but you can shit on your own name. You don't have to worry about other people's feelings. It's your name.
2: It's a really common name. Like growing up, there were oftentimes three Britneys in my classes. Yeah, yeah. And we were Britney P, Britney T, Britney C, you know. Um, You're
1: still Britney P.
2: Exactly. <laughs> but I also feel like Britney just conjures an image of a particular woman.
1: <laughs> like tall and blonde? Uh,
2: Just, I don't know, like like Britney Spears, Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's, like, judgments that get placed on you based on your name alone.
1: For sure there are.
2: So I think that's probably at the heart of your criticism. Maybe. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's there. Mm -hmm. And I think we've covered it. We've we've hashed it out too much, so
2: we can move on. (laughs) And I think we should.
1: Perfect. All right. Well, uh, let's do a little follow-up before we move on. Um, Some good news, Uh, although I want to temper everyone's celebration because all it is is an indictment. An indictment in the case of the murder of Botham John uh, and the ex-Dallas police officer, Amber Geiger.
6: the case you'll remember, the police officer, Amber Geiger, who
1: was seen pacing after going into her neighbor's apartment, shooting and killing him. She's now been indicted tonight for murder. She had claimed she thought she was in her own apartment and
6: that
7: he was an intruder. ABC's Marcus Moore from Dallas. Tonight, with Botham John's family by her side, Dallas County's district attorney announcing that a grand jury indicted former Dallas police officer Amber Geiger on a charge of murder in John's shooting death.
4: Whether or not I'm black, white, purple, green, whether I'm a police officer or not,
0: equal justice is what we're talking about here.
7: Geiger seen here just after the shooting, lived directly below Jean and told investigators she mistakenly entered his apartment thinking it was hers. Court documents show Geiger told investigators she saw Jean's silhouette and thought her home was being burglarized. She claimed she pulled out a gun, gave verbal commands, and shot twice, hitting Jean in the abdomen. Both of them Jean was unarmed. Don't Geiger was fired after weeks of protests and Jean 's mother tonight, hoping for justice.
0: I look forward to the
4: next step, which is a conviction right.
7: of murder. David, the district attorney says they spoke to 300 witnesses in their preparation for that grand jury presentation. And tonight, Geiger is free on bond. David.
1: Marcus, thank you. And the reason I would caution everyone to, I mean, temper your, your elation over this, because this is good news that there is, there is an indictment. That's rare that a cop gets indicted really for anything. However, we've seen many, many cases across the country, across the years, where a cop does get indicted and then gets freed. There's a failure to get a conviction in the case. And uh, we're going to wait for this. We'll follow this as it goes to trial and report uh, accordingly.
2: Well, the activism is really what's pushing the police to behave differently than they have in the past. And normally, this would be... Uh, treated differently, I think, where maybe she wouldn't have even been indicted. Yeah, or
1: fired. But
2: because of the activism and people making a push for change, you're actually starting to see that happen. Slowly, yes, but because people are vocal on social media, because they go out into the streets and they protest and they do not let the police forget, they do not let the police get away with it, Yeah, they're forced to reckon with their behavior and the behavior of their fellow police officers
1: one more reason to understand and really know have it de- really in you ingrained that your voice absolutely matters that going out there and protesting and uh, maybe even uh, participating in acts of civil disobedience they matter they wake up the system for sure they, they community leaders understand what that means and the risks that are involved if you if the if the, the people turn on you whether it be losing elections things like that i mean it really does affect uh it impacts the way shit runs so mm-hmm. always resort to protest always resort to raising your voice all right um i think that's it for the follow up and the listener communication again 6574647609 we'd love to hear from you email us a voice memo from your smartphone to i doubt it at Dalamore.com.
2: Carrie. Carrie. And Sheila. Sheila. And then we have one brand new Patreon supporter, Mark. Mark! Beautiful.
1: Seriously.
2: Thank you for your lovely support of the show.
1: It is also the holiday season. And if you're going to be um, funneling money into the coffers, (laughs) the already swollen and bloated coffers of Jeff Bezos over at Amazon.com, we would love for you to take a little bit of that from him, by him giving it to us. Mm-hmm. Go to dollamore.com slash Amazon, that will forward you on to our to Amazon you, embedding a little code, so we get a commission on that sale. So they take it out of the profit of Amazon
2: and give it to, and give it to us. That's not the only way to support the show. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, that would be great. Please do not use profanity, as it will not post, but that is a Awesome way to support the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Dollamore, at Brittany E. Page, at I Doubt It Podcast. You can also like the Facebook page. That's really important. I Doubt It with Dollamore Podcast. Like the links that we post. Yeah,
1: interact with the links. That's a big deal. On the I Doubt It with Dollamore Facebook page.
2: Right. and Not
1: the listener group. Yeah. I mean, that's great too.
2: Yeah. Yes. The Facebook page. Yes. You get a little top fan badge now if you interact with the Facebook page a lot. It'll recognize you as a top fan and and give you a little mark for your participation. So we really appreciate that, you guys. Um, Before we move on, I wanted...
1: Spotify, too. I want to say Spotify.
2: Oh, yeah. We're also on Spotify now. I just want to say Spotify. Perfect. Spotify. (laughs) 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 So we did get another voice memo, but we are not going to play it because the person who sent it to us right before we recorded, they made it just in time, uh, sent us another voice memo. We, You
1: should have said we recorded the episode and then we had to re-record it because of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But that's not what happened. <laughs>
2: they sent us a voice memo and said that they would prefer that we don't play it. So we decided not to play it because they preferred that we didn't.
1: That's right. We yes. respect, we respect the audience. And either you send us in something, if you catch us in time. Yes. I'm not. After it's done, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> you waited too long. I'm not going to go back and edit and repost. That's mm-hmm. not going to fucking happen. But if you catch us... Right. You catch us. It's good.
2: But it was in response to our discussion on the last episode, 468, about uh, purchasing things. The pl- the Payless shoes. Yeah, Paylessy. Yeah. They were and, taking care of biz. And we were both talking about how we don't really understand spending that much money on things like shoes. And the person that called said that they're really into the fashion culture. I
1: think shoe culture or sneaker culture is what they called it.
2: Yeah, and they said that they have spent thousands of dollars on shoes.
1: And specifically, I think he's he the the the, the amounts of 1100 and 1600 for a single pair of sneakers.
2: Yes. So that is really crazy to me. (laughs) Completely foreign concept to Uh, me.
1: Totally foreign.
2: Do the shoes make him orgasm every time he walks?
1: If not, he paid about (laughs) $1,500
2: too much. Something special about the shoes has to happen at that price, right? At that price point, something unique.
1: I think it's just... It must be like a collector's thing, but not really collectors because he's wearing them. Well, he said that he bought them for sixteen and then sold them. I think yeah for like a thousand or eleven 1, hundred.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, someone bought used shoes for eleven $1, hundred dollars.
1: <laughs> Is there also like a fancy line of toothbrush out there that people are <laughs> buying and reselling?
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, people are gonna use their funds how they want to use their funds, and that's great. It's ju- it's just something I. I struggle to understand it really. And I think it, I think it just is really the poor kid in me that even if I had a lot of money, like I've tried to think about it, you know, if I won the lottery or if I started making a ton of money yeah. and the, when I hear about these celebrities who buy these shirts that cost like thousands of dollars, when I buy a shirt and it was like $50, I'm really stressed out about spilling something on it or ripping it. Or you
1: just, you return it right after you buy it because you have, you, You have the worst case of perpetual buyer's remorse of anyone I've ever met.
2: Well, anyway, what I was getting at is (laughs) with the shoes, I would be so paranoid. Like, what if someone steps on your toe or you accidentally, you know, rub your foot on the tire when you're getting in your car or something? I mean, aren't you stressed out about getting marks on the shoes if they cost that much?
1: Yeah, it's like when you... When you buy Beanie Babies, you don't play with the Beanie Babies. <laughs> you
2: leave them in that little plastic container.
1: Is that where they come in? I don't know.
2: Uh, when The friends that I had that had money for things, they had them in plastic containers. Okay. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Because buying $1,600 shoes is just adult Beanie Babies. Let's be
2: honest.
1: <laughs> right? Right?
2: Yeah, I mean, again, this person, we have a playful relationship with this person, so they're not... Don't feel like we're bullying this person, everybody. They know. They know. They're They're not being bullied. They're
1: fucking fine.
2: Yeah. um,
1: They can can just console themselves by walking around in their $5 million shoes.
2: Exactly. (laughs) 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 That give them an orgasm. Unlikely. No. Okay.
1: Unlikely. Well,
2: I'd like to hear if it does. Let me know.
1: I would like to know if there's other people who are... um, responsible with their money as well who like to (laughs) i don't know it's it's a lot of money to to wear to to wear it
2: well everyone has their things that's true Mm -hmm.
1: that is true Mm -hmm. you like lobster rolls and exactly they like super expensive tennis shoes exactly good times all right well we're gonna move on again we'd love to know wow we'd love to know what you think democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism so Donald Trump was in Buenos Aires Argentina
2: very impressive
1: well the, no. one of my
2: favorite tweets is from someone who lives in Buenos Aires now I'm confused about how to say it because of you it's Buenos Aires yeah uh, do you remember the tweet that I'm talking about
1: no. Oh, oh, is it the one about you and your stupid face?
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Do you have it saved?
2: Yeah. Um, so it's from April. This is from
1: years ago, right when we started the podcast.
2: April 27th, 2014.
1: Oh, Jesus. Th- that's that's uh, one month after we started. Yeah. One month and a few days.
2: So this was directly to me at Brittany E. Page. You might be an idiot according to your face and comments. <laughs> <laughs> great is that
1: it is pretty great because it's inexplicable you don't even know what it's about it wasn't like in reply to something was it
2: It no just straight to you yeah exactly um (laughs) and can i can i of course you can okay so your show i posted this and i said twitter is a great tool for finding out how people in buenos Aires feel about you (laughs) and you wrote your comment
1: was this back then
2: you wrote Uh, Well, because someone complimented me and said that I'm I have a beautiful face and they were trying to be nice and make up for the abuse that I had received. (laughs) I'm joking. And you wrote Twitter
1: is cold outside.
2: (laughs) You wrote what the fuck does that person know? She's not from Brazil. (laughs) And I said, I think Jesse means Argentina. Yeah. So at the time you needed a geography lesson.
1: I always need a geography lesson yeah. from Brazil. But I'm
2: glad that you have figured it out now, just in time to talk about this. When you
1: were asking if you could continue, I should have said no. <laughs> Too late. So anyway, the G20 was happening this week, and uh, Donald Trump went, and it was a fiasco. There's all kinds of moments where he embarrassed himself, and by virtue of that, the United States, by wandering off stage when he shouldn't have been there, by <laughs> staring off into space in a completely different direction than the other people. By
2: copying people's homework. Yeah, he just, he's serious. He's just a walking
1: embarrassment, but... That's not all, because he, he also wasn't focused on what was going on at the G20, because back home, he has the impending doom of Robert Mueller hanging over his head.
6: President Trump holding crucial meetings right now with world leaders at the G20 summit in Argentina, but just one glimpse at his Twitter feed makes it pretty clear the president's focus is somewhere else entirely. Mr. Trump going after the Russia investigation this morning and and trying to explain why it's no big deal that he repeatedly lied to voters by denying any business or political ties to Russia during the campaign, despite the fact that there were some. He tweeted, quote, oh, I get it. I'm a very good developer, happily living my life when I see our country going in the wrong direction, to put it mildly. Against all odds, I decide to run for president and continue to run my business. Very legal and very cool. Talked about it on the campaign trail, lightly looked at doing a building somewhere in Russia, put up zero money, zero guarantees, and didn't do the project. Witch hunt. Wow, that's a lot of falsehoods in just two tweets. President Trump clearly rattled by former lawyer Michael Cohen's admission that Cohen lied to Congress about a proposed Trump project in Moscow so as to be consistent with the lies that President Trump was telling voters on the campaign trail. A source telling CNN the president is quote spooked and completely distracted. Mr. Trump also canceled his meeting with Vladimir Putin, citing a Russian aggression against Ukraine. But he did talk with Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, also known as MBS, the autocrat that the CIA believes ordered the murder of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi. <laughs> Mr. President, what
4: did you discuss with Thank you. MBS? Come
0: on, We had
4: no discussion. We might, but we have to. No Thank you
6: very much. CNN's Jeff Delaney's is live in Buenos Aires where the G20 summit is underway. And Jeff, even the president's press secretary admitting today that the Russia investigation is affecting the president as he intends, uh, attends this important summit. Uh, Jake, the White House press secretary Sarah Sanders used the word undermine when she said that is what it is doing to the U.S. relationship with uh, Russia. But it was clear it was on the president's mind from the very beginning of the day here when he got up and set out for uh, a day long series of world meetings, uh, meetings with world leaders. But he still spent the day also explaining why he's not meeting with one of them, Vladimir Putin.
1: And then it turned out that he actually did meet, although very briefly, in like an informal conversation with Vladimir Putin. And Vladimir Putin is is claiming that it has to do with the Kerch Strait. They just discussed the Kerch Strait, which I think is in the the Red Sea or the Black Sea. Again, geography is not my thing, as Brittany Brittany pointed out. Well, you learn it
2: in like seventh grade.
1: Which has to do with the conflict of Ukraine and Crimea, formerly just Ukraine. ...and the Crimean Peninsula. So... uh, ...it makes you wonder... ...what in the fuck they're talking... ...could you... ...let's say this. Does anybody really think that Donald Trump understands... ...the ins and outs of the uh, (laughs) Crimean-Ukrainian-Russian conflict... ...enough to know any details whatsoever... ...about the Kerch Strait? He doesn't read his daily intelligence brief... ...and unless his name is featured prominently... ...he doesn't read anything. Mm -hmm. So... I I just don't buy. I don't believe this is plausible that they discussed anything related to military or or intelligence.
2: Yeah, you you forgot to mention also that when he marched off the stage before that group photo, he was actually caught on a microphone saying "Get me out of here" to his aides. So
1: <laughs> I didn't know that. why so I didn't mention it. it. Wow! It
2: goes a little bit. <laughs> it goes a little bit further oh. because. You could tell he just really did not want to be here. Well, he also
1: canceled the very customary um, press conference at at the the, the conclusion of the G20. They normally have a a wrap-up presser, Mm -hmm. just like they did at Helsinki, just like they do at all of these international events. He canceled it.
2: Well, and I wonder how much of it is related to how much of what he was feeling was related to what, like, Rudy Giuliani was talking about, how... They're very angry that Moeller did the thing with Cohen right before he left for the G20 summit, that his lawyers feel as though Moeller is sending a message to him.
1: Aren't they, aren't right now the messaging is that they are, the word's not bully, they're using another word, like intimidate or...
2: Well, Trump has used the phrase uh, presidential harassment.
1: Harassing. That's right. Because
2: he's threatening to declassify, quote, devastating documents if House Democrats launch Trump, you mean, not Mueller. Yeah, Donald Trump. And he said, quote... If they go down the presidential harassment track, there it is.
1: You know, the, that track, you know, you know, the old harassment of the president track.
2: Yeah. If they want to go and harass the president and the administration, I think that would be the best thing that would happen to me. Wow. I'm a counterpuncher and I will hit them so hard. They've never been hit like that. You know, it's really weird. <laughs>
1: it's so strange that he oh. hasn't gotten the, the message yet. He doesn't under fucking stand yet. You got that under fucking stand. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get it uh, yet. That those kind of idle threats don't matter to men and women like Robert Mueller. Yeah, who has two bronze stars for his combat in Vietnam, who was the FBI director for, I believe, over a decade. Mm-hmm. Who was the uh, uh, he? His whole entire life embodies service to country over self he's not fucking afraid people aren't afraid of you you can't level weird threats like you used to in Manhattan and have people respond because they're fucking cowards you're not dealing with cowards anymore Donald Trump you think he's listening?
2: I, I wish he was listening he probably hate listens <laughs> I know there are people who hate listens. I know he might he doesn't, be one of them. I know
1: he doesn't read my tweets. After having been blocked and not ever unblocked.
2: I bet that he created a second account just to read your tweets.
1: <laughs> yeah, he probably follows my Jesse Do- at Jesse Dollimore account.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. He has to put up a front. He has yeah. to act like he hates you and hates your tweets. But so he just, really loves them. It's just
1: weird to me that he hasn't corrected this behavior yet. He's not smart enough to. He's so entrenched in the lifelong habits that he's created relative to behavior That he still acts this way. He still responds this way. The threat of... uh, Because let me explain to everybody uh, how that would look in my view. How it would look if Donald Trump releases highly sensitive classified information to embarrass the Democrats or whatever. It's going to be the same tactic, tactic that was used by Devin Nunes when he was the chairman of the House uh, Intelligence Committee, the Select Committee on Intelligence, where they they released all kinds of classified materials that was heavily redacted. So the only information you get paints a certain picture and narrative that they want p- painted and printed. That's what Donald Trump would do. Mm-hmm. He's not going to just en masse declassify information Mm -hmm. because that would be horribly damning for him Mm -hmm. this also could just be a public public relations play why is my mouth not working a public relations play to where he people in their minds think oh if he's willing to release classified information he must be telling the truth and then he never releases it but that thought's still in their head Mm -hmm. because remember this guy
3: no trump
1: baby not real smart that's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. You know what I mean? He could be easily convinced of that just by the threat of releasing classified information.
2: A lot of motivated reasoning.
1: <laughs> That's a much smarter, more Britney P. way of saying it. Mm. Yes.
2: So there's also some news with James Comey, who has kind of been going back and forth with the House Judiciary Committee because they want him to testify. They they wanted him to testify in private, and he did not want to testify in private. He actually said, or his lawyer said uh, to a district judge that... Testifying in private would be like, quote, dragging Comey into a dark alley. What is the purpose of keeping it out of the public eye? So they have reached an agreement, and he is going to testify on Friday. But that requires that they release a transcript of the interview within 24 hours. So it it will allow him to speak publicly, but in that transcript form within 24 hours.
1: There's also another part of the agreement, and that is...
2: Are you referring to the fact that he will be able to talk after he's done testifying?
1: Yeah, I think that's what it is. I, there were two things, and I'm like, okay, well, that's good. That they're not going to keep the testimony under seal, so he's mm-hmm. going to be able to talk about it publicly. Mm-hmm. But then also, they're going to release the tra- the full transcript 24 hours later, which is really the next best, the, ne- the next best thing. Mm-hmm. Which is weird here, because the Republican Congress... Keep in mind, this still is a Republican Congress until like January third or something. Um, this is just a weird move because all the Democrats have to do is call him back and do it in public, and then all the same questions could be asked.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't understand. I don't understand what the what the end game is here by Republicans.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, should we also? reiterate who James Comey is for people who may not remember. Yeah, sure. Uh, the director of the FBI who was fired in May 2017 by Donald Trump, kind of prompting the whole Mueller investigation.
1: The one who is um believed by many including myself uh to be the one who really handed Donald Trump the election by re investigating Hillary Clinton, announcing that all these new emails that we found are now on these laptops that were in the possession of uh, Huma Abedin and Anthony Weiner. They're now we found all these new emails, and then they found out later actually that those were just all the same emails we'd seen.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's who he is. I don't. We do to rehash all that history, but <laughs> but he was he was fired uh, very unceremoniously. Um, by anon by letter. Anyway, we don't have to get into all that. But it, James Comey, the former director of the FBI, um, uh, plays a pivotal role in all of this. Knows a lot of intelligence that still we don't know, and uh, it's going to be a good time. So we're looking forward to that. We will obviously follow that this week as that happens, or um, whenever those those transcripts actually do get released. Uh, the other news about the Russian investigation this week is that Roger Stone is still insisting that he is not going to betray the president by, by, by testifying against him. President Trump, back at the White House, locked in his next go-around with the special counsel, Robert Mueller. The president returning from the G20 summit in Argentina. His personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, taking aim at Mueller, accusing him of, quote, unethical tactics and intimidation. The focus now turning to Republican operative Roger Stone, who is already striking a defiant tone against the special counsel. ABC's David Wright is at the White House.
3: Longtime political adviser Roger Stone insisted today he won't betray President Trump no matter how much pressure the special counsel brings to bear.
6: There's no circumstance under which I would testify against the president because I'd have to bear false witness against him. I'd have to make things up.
3: Today, Stone told George Stephanopoulos there's no proof he collaborated with WikiLeaks, the site that released thousands of Democratic emails stolen by Russian hackers. But a series of emails suggest Stone did make efforts to contact the WikiLeaks founder, Julian Assange, and admitted as much in 2016.
1: I
6: actually have uh, communicated with Assange. uh, I believe the next tranche of his documents pertain to the Clinton Foundation.
3: Today, Stone insisted curiosity is not the same as conspiracy.
6: Like every political reporter, I was interested in knowing what exactly they had. Uh, but uh, there was no response to that. You're saying hey, you hey, never spoke with hey, Julian Assange, abs- never contacted WikiLeaks, uh, never spoke about any of that to President Trump? Or that, his, that is absolutely correct. Did you find his answers credible?
3: No, I didn't. Uh, not at all. The top Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee said today the very existence of those emails contradicts Stone's testimony before his committee.
6: That testimony really needs to be provided to the special counsel for consideration of whether perjury charges are
1: warranted.
3: Stone is by no means the only Trump associate of interest to the special counsel. This week, we learned the president's former lawyer spent 70 hours with investigators as part of a new plea bargain. Michael Cohen is now asking a federal judge not to send him to jail because he says he's been so
1: cooperative. David Wright joins us now from the White House. And David, we see these two men at one time, both Trump loyalists, members of his inner circle, now taking two very different legal approaches.
3: That's right, Tom. Cohen claims to be cooperating fully, practically throwing himself at the mercy of the courts. Stone is defiant, practically daring the special counsel to charge him. Tom? David Wright for us tonight.
2: I don't want to get too far from Roger Stone, but I do want to talk about the latest developments with Michael Cohen. Oh, please do. And they started talking about Michael Cohen a lot at the end of that clip. Yeah, yeah. Um, Michael Cohen's attorneys told a judge on Friday uh, after we recorded the show that Michael Cohen is cooperating. In an ongoing federal investigation in New York, and he has met with the New York's Attorney General's office about their suit against the Trump Foundation and the president. Oh,
1: that could be big too, which could obviously lead to charges and state charges. Um, All of these ding dongs in the president's orbit still act like it's oh, it's under it's totally questionable. We don't know whether the president can pardon himself. All of this shit. And that would lay that to rest because if the state brings charges, it doesn't matter whether the president could pardon himself. That's ridiculous thinking he could, but he can't. Because it would be a state charge.
2: Also, they released the plea agreement document, and everyone was reading it late on Friday. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was big news. And
2: we had already recorded the show. But the big thing that came out of that is that Cohen's attorneys directly implicated Donald Trump in two of the crimes in which Michael Cohen pleaded guilty. They say that uh, Michael Cohen committed felony campaign finance directions, quote, intended to benefit client one in accordance with client one's directives. Yeah. Yeah. So that is referring to Donald Trump and. They also noted, quote, Michael's false statements to Congress likewise sprung regrettably from Michael's effort as a loyal ally and then champion of Client One to support and advance Client One's political message. At the time, he was requested to appear before the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence and House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. Michael was serving as personal attorney to the president and followed daily the political messages that both Client One and his staff and supporters repeatedly forcefully broadcast furthermore in the weeks during which his then counsel prepared his written response to the congressional committees michael remained in close and regular contact with white house based staff and legal counsel to client one so right there they're talking about michael cohen drafting his testimony right in which he lied to congress uh, while he was in regular contact with White House staff and legal counsel for the president.
1: Yeah, this is all going to make a great case for obstruction of justice. It's just it's it's piling on. It's adding to the list, the growing list of of evidentiary, uh, um, material.
2: So, back to Roger Stone. So, so
1: back to Roger Stone. <laughs> Sorry. So, first, first I want to say this about Roger Stone. When you think, when you hear his voice, when you hear him talked about, I want you to remember that this is a man who has a giant tattoo of Richard Nixon's face on his back between his shoulder blades. There's something not right about Roger Stone. The second thing I want you to remember about Roger Stone is that he is the long time. His former business partner is Paul Manafort that after the Nixon administration... In the late 70s, early 80s, they had a political consultancy that they had together, and they were business partners, not loosely like, oh, yeah, they both invested in this one business. They, ha- they had a, a, a an office that they both went to that was like Stone and Manafort. It was, it was a thing. The other thing is the statement that he made about there is no proof that he coordinated with WikiLeaks. Is that the statement of a an innocent person? <laughs> if you rob a bank or if you don't rob a bank and you're accused of it, do you say, I didn't rob the bank. I didn't rob the bank. Hey, listen, I don't care how cold outside it is, baby. I didn't <laughs> rob the bank. Or do you say, there's no proof I robbed the bank? <laughs> That's not what an innocent person says. Yeah. There's no proof of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's a bad sign, for sure.
1: It's assumed
2: there's no proof <laughs> if you didn't do it. Right.
1: <laughs> so we're going to be waiting for that. I think that's going to be another... Uh...
2: A lot of trustworthy characters. Oh,
1: yeah. He 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 really... he The best people. He hired the best people. Mm. Also keep in mind that Roger Stone worked for Donald Trump and was fired early on. This, I think, was a systematic thing on the Trump campaign's part. By hiring all these CD characters, then firing them kind of in stages, and then they still worked for the campaign. We don't know if they were paid, but they certainly were working, doing work on behalf of the campaign. Whether it be messaging or staying in contact with more CD elements like WikiLeaks and Julian Assange. So, that wasn't just a coincidence, I don't believe. And all of this really leads us to some good news. And that is the fact that there has been a huge change. There has been um, a marked dip in Donald Trump's approval numbers, and uh, also his his uh, his disapproval numbers are alarmingly high. I guess from his perspective.
5: President Trump's job approval, meanwhile, dropped last week. The Gallup weekly tracking poll found 38% approve of President Trump's job performance, while 60% disapprove, a 12-point swing against the president. This is the fourth time that Trump's disapproval rating has reached 60% in this poll, and the first time he's hit that number this year. President Trump is the only president who has never cracked 50% in Gallup's ratings, something he has not accomplished in more than 676 days in office.
1: So all of that is more informational purposes to give you kind of a a snapshot of what's happening. Mm -hmm. And some of this, look, the American public has has the attention span of uh, about a half a stop set of commercial on, on a TV show. So... It could be some of that—that that, you know, all the news is bad right now. Everybody's all boo-hoo, Trump. Um, but keep in mind that this cycle, this this trend toward bad news about the Trump administration, is only going to continue as Mueller starts releasing and indicting, and uh, more news starts coming out. So, I I I I think there's going to be. This is going to be a downward trend relative to approval ratings. And maybe now, that evaporation that I've talked about for almost two fucking years is going to start happening relative to the support of Donald Trump. Like I said, we're never going to lose this guy. But uh, there are going to be some reasonable people who voted for Trump for maybe economic reasons who are going to start seeing the the forest through the trees or whatever the the saying is and that's good news yeah
2: very good news taken care of biz ori 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 is taking care of biz o r y i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly it is a japanese startup and they specialize in robotics for people who have disabilities. Hmm. And they created a, a robot, Oriheim D. It's a four foot tall robot that can be operated remotely from. Um, <laughs> Real. Freaking not. No, that is not applicable <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> um, it can be operated... I don't
1: know why you had to give the stats.
2: It sounded like a sexy robot. Okay. Yeah, it's not. It, it's a little white robot that looks kind of like an alien. Again.
1: Real freaking naughty.
2: So it can be operated remotely from uh, a person's home. So here's what's great about this is... And I've I've watched a couple videos and most of them are in Japanese. It was hard to find an English video, although we, we did find one. But... This robot, it's a little cafe that they have set up, and it's not going to be open for long because this is just a trial run. And the cafe serves coffee and juice and things like that, and it's run entirely by robots. But these robots are not being run by AI. They're actually being operated from home by people who have disabilities that don't
0: allow them to work in jobs. Robots may be old news in Japan, but the ones in this Tokyo cafe are an unusual breed. They're not powered by artificial intelligence, but by people who have trouble working in public spaces. Hi.
1: They're just showing ordering going on here between customers and the robot. has
0: been in a wheelchair since she gradually lost strength in her muscles. She previously worked in the service industry and enjoyed talking to customers and is thrilled to have that opportunity again. It's an idea thought up by Ori Lab. If the people operating the robots feel the joy of serving customers and working in a cafe, says CEO Kentaro Yoshifushi, then it's wrong to leave that to artificial intelligence. The workers are paid around $9 an hour for operating the robots, taking orders, and conversing with customers. The Tokyo Cafe is operating for a trial period with just 10 people, with a full opening planned for 2020.
2: So this is really great because um, I also watched a video and there was a man who has ALS, which is the disease that Stephen Hawking had, and he's unable to speak. And so using this technology, he can actually tell the robot using his eyes to type messages, tell the robot what to say, and he can operate this robot. And
1: and thereby interacting with human beings. Right. And
2: and having a job and giving someone who is ordinarily not able to be a part of the community is able to now be a part of the community. It's awesome. And there's also people with spinal cord injuries that are able to... Uh, run the robot from home so they they're working this is their job and it allows them to interact with people and get out there and it just seems like a really cool thing i mean rather than giving this job to ai (laughs) yeah which is going to be running the world soon um
1: it it really is
2: (laughs) yeah they're they're giving people who wouldn't otherwise be able to work in a job where they are interacting with people like they want to um it's giving them that opportunity to do it so it, it's a really cool thing. Uh, I saw someone post it on Twitter, and they said they were reading through the article and got emotional, and it had the same effect on me. So I thought I would share.
1: It's definitely a taking care of biz, though. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. If that happens, mm-hmm. if you if you get a little misty, yeah, while reading a story, yeah, that's not about like pets greeting the the soldiers coming home or whatever, or you know those surprise videos or
2: yeah. Those are nice, too, though.
1: They are. But I mean, that that when you get that reaction from a news story.
2: Yeah. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll take care of biz. Yeah. All it's right. Really cool.
1: We're going to wrap there. We love you guys. We appreciate you. We're going to see you next time. Uh, we'd love to hear from you with communication, with helping us move the conversation forward. Comments about any stories that we covered this episode or really any other. Uh, we want to hear from you. You can call 657-464-7609 course there's always voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com we love you guys we we appreciate your loyalty and your listenership you are beautiful people be good to each other and be genuine we'll see you next time for Brittany page i'm jesse dollamore and this has been i doubt it When you were asking if you could continue, I should have said no.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Too late.